Buenos días a todos y bienvenidos a The Quarantine Podcast o el podcast de la cuarentena. Para empezar nuestro día con todo, vamos a empezar en la presencia de Dios en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Amén. Oración por las personas durante la pandemia. Jesús, ponemos a tus pies nuestras ofrendas, te ofrecemos nuestro miedo a la enfermedad, nuestro sufrimiento, nuestro encierro, para que junto a ti las lleves a Dios y juntos podamos dar gloria a Dios. De igual manera te ofrecemos el sufrimiento de los más afectados y los daños que la pandemia les ha provocado. Sabemos lo difícil que es esta situación para mucha gente. Te pedimos por todas esas personas que están sufriendo en los hospitales, por todas aquellas que no tienen recursos para sobrevivir, por toda la gente sufriendo para que los ayudes, los acompañes y estés siempre con ellos para que esta pandemia no te apartes y estés con ellos, para que los ayudes a seguir adelante, y también por todos nosotros, para que nos cuidas y nos protejas siempre. Dejamos esto en tus manos y todo tu ser. Te damos gracias porque tenemos salud. Te damos gracias por el sacramento del perdón, que en estos momentos no podemos recibirlo por estas circunstancias. Y por último, te damos gracias porque esta pandemia obligó a cerrar escuelas, entonces nos permite volver a ser una familia. Por último, pedimos al Espíritu Santo nos ilumine y nos dé la fuerza y gracia para pasar por esto. Ayúdanos, cuídanos y protégenos y líbranos de todo mal. Por Jesucristo nuestro Señor. Amén. En el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Amén. Ahora sí los dejo y bienvenidos a este podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to today's podcast called The Quarantine Podcast. My name is Jimena and I'm going to be one of your hosts for today. Today's topic is going to be about the end of people suffering from the coronavirus or the COVID-19. This is one of the biggest impacts in human history. This pandemic impacted the lives of many, many people around the world. For example, there has been people that have lost their jobs because of this virus and also there has been people that have lost their own lives so the big question is when will the people stop suffering from their losses well as long as we don't take this seriously there will be some hard hard times but let's talk where this virus came or was born disgracefully fortunately it all began in the summer of 2019 one day a shiny day it was all going so well But all of a sudden, a virus known as the coronavirus, or COVID-19, was born. The deadly virus started to win his name each month by infecting a huge percentage of people in China. At this instant, the world started to know about this virus, but people were very confident that the virus wouldn't come to their country. But suddenly, the virus began its way to spread all across the world. Lately, the news has said that there has been four 18 million confirmed cases worldwide and sadly there has been 286,000 deaths worldwide so forthwith the government had to do something they had to act so they took some safety measurements by telling people to stay at home now back to the present days until now we still are in quarantine now back to the biggest question when will the people stop suffering when will this end Well, this suffering will continue and we're going to have hard, hard times like this. But 
until we start to work as a team and hard, well, I mean, there could be a great change or even a miracle. So, sadly, my time has come to an end. And up next, Isabella is going to be talking about the end of economic problems. Have a nice day and goodbye. Hi, everyone. Good morning. I'm Isabella Serrano, and today I want you to discuss with me about this terrible situation we are living and passing through. How are you living this situation? What are your feelings about the problems the world is living? I know we are all having a terrible situation. Have you thought about the main problems? Lots of people are unemployed. They don't have enough money to eat or to live. People are not being paid as they used before. The world has economically paralyzed. The hotels are not receiving guests. The restaurants are closed. People cannot go to their own jobs, so they need to survive with what they have. The worst thing is that we weren't prepared for this. The world was not ready for this. It was unexpected. No one saw this coming. We didn't know that March the 13th was the last day of our normal lives. The people didn't realize what was happening in the world. Mexico is being affected by this situation a lot because a lot of people didn't have the resources to stay at home, eat, or have energy. Definitely more than the half of the population is suffering from economic problems and they need to go to work so they can take care of their family. We need this to have an end so we can continue with our normal lives. What can we do to survive and think of this? Are we living or surviving? And we're going to hear Valeria, who is the next member for this incredible podcast. And she will be talking about the end of social distancing. Let's go. Thank you so much, Isa, for a wonderful talk. And thank you for introducing me. Good morning, everybody. I am Valeria, and today I will talk about end of social distance, or when it's over, the reunion. Here's the thing. The question is, how will life be after this? Are humans going to change? Did you change? What will be the first thing you will do after this is over? I definitely know what's the first thing I'm going to do. I will go hug and visit my friends and family. I really think that's what I miss the most. Wow, I will never imagine we will be more than two months on quarantine. And now, it's just a few days for this to be over. Who will ever imagine we miss all of our important events, right? Well, I want to start remembering of all what they did on quarantine. I know most of you are thinking, oh well, I slept all day, but come on, Obviously, you did learn something, or at least reflect about your actions. Now, when this is over, will you continue being the same person you were? After we reflect a bit before my section and quarantine, it's over, let's move to the completely other side, the reunion. Once the day starts, go out, share your feelings, your thoughts, and especially be the best person of yourself. Have fun, laugh. Cry, hug, a lot. And the best is that you get to apologize and give thanks for all the things you reflect on quarantine. But mainly, be safe. And this isn't over, you guys. You never know when it will come back. Live the life you deserve. Enjoy. Go to Paris. Learn. Because as I always say, you never appreciate what you have until you lose it. So live and appreciate things 
as there was no tomorrow. Now, I will introduce you to Marijo. She will be talking to us about a really polemic topic. Hope you have a wonderful day. Love you all. And please, be safe. Welcome, Marijo. Hello, I'm your fourth host, Marijo. And today I want to talk about the topic of the end of panic after COVID-19. I think humanity has feared the coming of the end of the world since... Since the very beginning. Wait, no. I know humanity has feared the world's end for a long time. For instance, there are some crazy theories out there. My favorite, obviously, being the famous zombie apocalypse. Also, I don't think that's going to happen. It's a cool scenario. Not nice, I didn't say nice, but cool. Sometimes I like to imagine me being all badass, protecting my family with a baseball bat and a cool apocalyptic outfit. Yes, I have thought of that. But no one thought we were going to experience this catastrophic event in our pajamas inside our homes. You know, in an uncle way, fearing touching people because of the coronavirus. This pandemic began quickly. So, as a result, everyone was shocked when the virus arose. And it does feel sort of like an end. It's just scary to experience something you never had. And even more, when it brings a lot of negative consequences. Naturally, a pandemic that forces people to self-isolate is going to cause panic. Right now, everyone is panicking. It doesn't matter that the pandemic impacts different aspects of our lives. The drastic effect is undeniable for everyone. And change is scary. The pandemic is scary. This period of the COVID panic isn't going to end when we can finally have carnes asadas with our friends. Consequently, we will learn about this and look and now look forward more prepared to another event like this. Now let's move on to our sponsor's announcement. Welcome aboard Pizza Hut, where our legendary pan and stuffed crust pizzas will fly you to a world of flavors. Taste an all-American pizza sauce, juicy pepperoni, and farm-fresh mozzarella to discover America's mega pepperoni. Or explore the creamy pesto sauce. Chicken and mushroom is in the French creamy chicken mushroom. Fly far above the rest in taste and variety with five new pizzas. And thank you for flying, Pizza Hut. Thank you, Pizza Hut, for supporting us and always wishing us the best. Now it's your turn. If you like this section, share it, like it, and mainly, be safe. Hope you have a nice day and see you on the next section. Hello fellow boosters, welcome to this next part of our podcast where we will analyze this pandemic through statistics and numbers. Well, in a project for our math class, we analyzed different hypothetical situations of what would happen if there were interventions by the government, such as promoting the practice of self-quarantine, taking care of one's hygiene, giving safe distance, etc. We carefully analyzed a bunch of graphs that show interventions done in different months, and how this will lower or higher deaths and the number of people being infected. And based on that, make up a conclusion on what will ha be the best thing that the government should or should have done to control this tragic situation. With nothing more left to introduce you to, I'm going to give the word to Valeria, who's going to share our interesting learnings throughout this project. Thanks, Marijo, for an amazing introduction to this section of the podcast. I'm Valeria, your second host, and today I will be talking about what we learned on our math trimestral project. This project shows an amazing representation of what will happen if we don't spend enough time at home. 
It also shows us graphs of the reboot of the virus and effects of not staying at home. The graphs show us in a curve how numbers will decrease or increase in case we stay or not in our house. We were flattening the curve and this really got me thinking. If I really wanted to leave my home for nonsense reasons? So please, be safe, stay at home and enjoy what we have. I will now introduce you to Jimena. She will be talking about some interesting topics. Love you all. Have a nice day and see you on the next section. Welcome, Jimena. Thanks, Valeria, for introducing me. And like she said, I will be talking about how the interventions were done each month. So we were given three graphs, and each graph came with two tables, which were one for the people infected per month, and the second one was about the people who lost their lives because of the pandemic. Each one of us had to graph each number according to the month, and there should be two lines with different colors. One of the lines was supposed to be orange, and that meant for the total number of deaths. And the second one was supposed to be a green one, which represented the number of infected people. This is how we had to graph and complete our project. Also, we had to answer some questions about the graphs. So next, Isabella is going to talk about the conclusion of the project. Thanks for your attention, and see you next time. Thank you so much, Jimena, for your incredible introduction. It's time to conclude with this excellent project. We learned more things that will help us realize what is happening in the world. This COVID-19 helped us learn about the deaths, what the people are going through, the infections and the numbers this virus is experimenting. We realized more about this virus situation and how could we prevent it. Put a piece of our effort to help. We used math to calculate the people that are involved in it and the people that are suffering more than us. Now we know more about this and we learned a lot of what is happening out in the world and how this is not by our hands. But we can put ourselves together to help. Thank you so much for your attention and see you in our next podcast. Hi everyone, good morning. I'm Isabella Serrano and welcome to this history section. I want to know how are you living this COVID-19 situation? I know, it's horrible what all of us are experiencing, but there's nothing we can do. The worst thing about COVID-19 is that we weren't prepared for this. Mexico has passed a lot of catastrophes as the earthquakes, pandemies, illnesses. We talked about the differences and the similarities about the earthquake in 2017 and this pandemic in 2019-2020. I know, it's hard to be staying home for a while or don't continue with our normal life. But you know what? At some time, this will end, so we can see the positive things about this and take advantage. It's time to continue, so now we have Marijo, who will talk about this COVID pandemic. Thank you, Isa, for that great introduction. I'm your second host, Marijo, and I will be talking to you about the current state of our country due to the pandemic. The coronavirus, or COVID-19, was a virus discovered at the end of 2019. And since it spread in a city of China, it quickly infected people in all countries in the world, becoming a pandemic. Pandemics like this hadn't been experienced in a very long time. So Mexico and other nations around the world weren't prepared to contain the virus or keep their economy afloat while in a health state of emergency. This pandemic had a significant impact in the political, educational, social, economical aspects of Mexico. 
Employers are being mass fired, with some organizations estimating that around 346,878 people had lost their jobs directly or indirectly thanks to the COVID-19. Also, it was reported that around 30,000 people had, be, had had the virus and recovered from it. There have been 40,000 cases in total and 4,000 people dead. Many people are recurring in the hospitals seeking not yet discovered treatment for the COVID, but doctors and nurses can do a lot. This causes the saturation of these installations and mentioning how people had been socially, mentally, emotionally affected to the self-quarantine orders and the suffering of loved ones or oneself will be ignoring a major issue. The effect of this large situation is definitely going to be seen after the cure is found and the orders of self-isolation are down. And most probable, we will see big changes in years to come. Now, I'll leave you in Jimena's hand with some interesting information about another big situation. Thank you, Marijo, for giving good information about the COVID-19. Now, ladies and gentlemen, my time has come to talk about 2017 earthquake in Mexico. This was not a huge impact like what we're living right now, but it indeed impacted the people who lost their homes or even their jobs because of this earthquake. People were very devastated about this sadly occasion. As I said before, people lost their jobs, but unfortunately, 400 lives were taken that day. The government didn't know how to act properly, but a lot of people went to help the ones that need to be helped during the sad moment. After the earthquake passed, the people are demanding to have new buildings or restored, but sadly, the buildings that were constructed for them were poorly built, so there were a lot of complaints through the months. Now, ladies and gentlemen, sadly my time has come to an end. Now, Valeria is going to tell you the similarities and difference between the earthquake of 2017 and the COVID-19 of 2019 and 2020. Have a nice day and goodbye. Thanks, Jimena, for a wonderful talk. Hello, everybody. I'm Valeria, your fourth host. Today, I will be comparing and contrasting the COVID-19 situation and the earthquakes of Mexico City in 2017. All right, I know you might be thinking, well, they have nothing in common, but they surely do. First of all, I will tell you three facts. On the earthquake of 2017, 150,000 people lost their jobs. On the other side, nowadays, 346,878 people had lost their jobs. This number increases each day. On the cultural side, nowadays, we can have parties. And on the earthquake, we did. In Mexico City, around 400 people died. And in our day situation in Mexico, around 4,767 people have died. This number continues to increase each day. Moving on to similarities, both make Mexico stronger. Both increases solidarity impressively. Also, in both cases, the economy went down in a really sad way. Both had a great impact. We can say vote events have made Mexico and the world more conscious about their actions. I know this isn't what we ask for, but I surely think this will impact the world in such a beautiful way. Sadly, our history time is over. I hope you gain lots of knowledge in this section. If you like it, don't forget to like it, share it, but mainly to be safe and grateful. Hope you have a nice day. Stay with us. 
listen to us and see you on the next section. Hello everyone listening. Good morning. I'm your host today. My name is Isabela Serrano and we will be talking about a cure for the COVID-19 virus. Nowadays, scientists have been trying to find cures for this situation, but you know what? We found that one. You won't believe it, but yes. We created a new element in the periodic table that is very useful and probably the best option right now. We designed the new element and took it from a new plant. And that is how we made it. You will listen in this podcast more information about it, the steps we made and how could we prove it. You can also hear from where we took it out, discovered it, and you will be very surprised with what we found out. Continue listening and Marjo, it's her turn. She will be telling us more information about this new element. Isabella, thank you a lot for introducing our listeners. Now, my name is Marijo, and I will tell you the basic information about this brand new element in the periodic table and how it was founded. In April 2020, in Brazil, some scientists were running various experiments with exotic plants in the country. The plant was called Escadilia, was found. We knew of its existence, but a lot of the plant is a mystery since it's pretty rare. A liquid was extracted from the plant and was named Kaul after being examined. It's mainly composed of elements like carbon, nitrogen, aluminum, hydrogen, calcium, phosphorus, potassium, sulfur, sodium, chlorine, magnesium, iron, and zinc. But it also contained an element that was named chlorophyll, and it had never seen before. Let me give you some basic information about this life-saving element, chlorophyll. Its symbol is CHR. Its number of protons and number of electrons are 28. Its mass number is 44. It isn't radioactive. Its number of neutrons is 16. Its state of aggregation is liquid. Its density is 1.429 grams per liter. Its melting point is negative 101.5 Celsius degrees. Its boiling point is negative 34 0.04 Celsius degrees and its charge is neutral. Scientists studying the new element found, of its, found out of its effectiveness against COVID-19 in a series of tests. And Valeria is going to tell us more about that. Thanks, Marijo, for an amazing talk. I'm Valeria, your third host. And today, I will be explaining how the new element chlorophyll works. First of all, The element by itself is composed by the properties of hydroxychloroquine, chloroquine, chloride, and a super little amount of penicillin. Now, the combination of these four properties are compatible with water, so they stick to the cell membrane and create, we can say, a wall, or we can say also they block the mutation or combination of good cells with the virus cells. It's liquid. So once you inject the element to the human body, it lasts from two to three days to make an effect. And in 14 days, you'll recover approximately by the 98%. Yes, it's similar to the malaria medicine, but it's not the same. Our element has only the properties and it's easier to extract it and to transport it. It does have secondary effects, but let me introduce you to Jimena. She'll be explaining us that topic. Hope you have a nice day. And mainly, be safe. 
Love you all and welcome, Jimena. Hello and welcome to this very interesting podcast in which we are talking about this COVID-19 situation. My name is Jimena and welcome to my part of the podcast. Thank you, Valeria, for giving a brief explanation on how the element works. This element named chlorophyll is a new solution for this COVID-19 virus. So like every medicine has some secondary effects, this solution of the COVID-19, well, this element called the chlorophyll, has some secondary effects which are vomit, diarrhea, and nauseous. But this will only happen if it's administered orally, and that's why we're injecting it. Now to the big question, how will this element help to combat the COVID-19? Well, our answer is that this element is useful once you have the virus. Why? Well, because the element with the properties of some medicine blocks the mutation in healthy cells to become virus cells. This element will help to decrease the amount of deaths, and of course, patients will be recovered. So my time has come to an end, and I hope you enjoy it, because if you didn't, I don't know if you're human or not, but... Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and now we, and then, well, we'll see you next time with the next information. Have a nice day, and goodbye. Hola a todos quienes nos escuchan desde sus casas. Sé que todos hemos escuchado sobre la pandemia muchas veces para saber que tuvo un impacto innegable de nuestra sociedad. Y este impacto es verdaderamente enorme. Los sectores de salud, educación, economía, espiritual y crecimiento personal de todos los individuos del país, como del del país en sí, fueron muy afectados. Esta pandemia vino, exagerando, de un día para otro, y su llegada implicó que muchos cambios tenían que ser realizados. Ya saben, cambios como no poder ver persona a persona a nuestros amigos, tenemos que quedarnos en casa, si salimos necesitamos tener un, un cubrebocas, no nos podemos acercar mucho a la gente, etcétera. Como lo dicta la lógica, muchas cosas cambiaron para adaptarse a estas leyes de cuidado de higiene y distancias seguras. Por ejemplo, yo tengo que tomar clases en línea para graduarme de la secundaria. Mi papá ya no ha salido a su oficina para trabajar. Mi tía está siguiendo con su taller de lectura mediante internet. Y mi amiga tiene clases de dibujo por Facebook. Hoy vamos a analizar todos los cambios que trajo la pandemia de COVID-19 consigo. Y vamos a tratar de predecir cómo se van a ver esto en cinco años estos sectores y afectados por esta pandemia. Ahora, sin más que decir, les dejo la palabra a Isabela Serrano. Espero que disfruten de este podcast. Muchas gracias, Marijo, por tu increíble introducción. Soy Isabela Serrano y como ya lo mencionó, en este tiempito que tenemos vamos a hablar sobre las implicaciones del COVID-19 en una visión de cinco años. Hay distintos tipos de implicaciones sobre el covid como la salud, educación, la economía, la espiritualidad y el crecimiento personal. Cada uno tiene sus distintos tipos de relación y cada uno un distinto escenario. Hay que tener una visión muy firme sobre en cinco años, como por ejemplo la educación. En cinco años va a continuar como era antes de que pasara esta pandemia. Nada más que en mi opinión, dado en este caso de la escuela en línea, muchos padres de familia les habrá gustado el sistema Así que probablemente de ahora en adelante muchos niños tomarán la escuela en línea en vez de clases particulares. Pienso que en una visión de cinco años las cosas serán similares, nada más que modificarán más cosas, y van a saber de lo que el mundo es capaz y aprenderán de esta situación. Algunas cosas permanecerán iguales, pero en mi humilde opinión creo que se modifican a la mayoría para un mejor bienestar. 
tal como la educación, la economía también será igual. Cuando acabe esto, la economía de México estará en quiebra, pero el paso del tiempo se recuperará y volverá a la normalidad. Ahorita, todo el país está sufriendo ya que no hay trabajos, entonces hay que vivir con lo que queda y sobrevivir. La visión es muy futurista, ya que en cinco años veremos cómo en realidad sucedieron las cosas, pero en estos siguientes años volverá a la normalidad, ya que la gente va a poder tener trabajo y seguir con su vida normal. Continuamos con Valeria Ruiz, quien nos hablará sobre las consecuencias que el COVID-19 ha realizado. Bonito día y sigan disfrutando de este increíble podcast. Gracias Isa por tus palabras acerca del tema. Y gracias por introducirme. Buenos días a todos, soy Valeria. Y el día de hoy vamos a hablar un poco sobre las consecuencias que el COVID nos podría traer en cinco años. ¿Quién fuera decir que estuvimos tanto tiempo en cuarentena? Y más, que como ahorita lo van a ver, nos perjudicaría tanto en un futuro. Hablando de las consecuencias de salud, Andrea Gamarnik, virólogo argentina, nos comenta que gracias a las varias investigaciones de cura, se han encontrado virus nuevos y curas para otro. Los hospitales estarían más alerta de situaciones como estas. Ahora, consecuencias de la educación. Los colegios volverían a la normalidad, pero habría nuevos lineamientos y de igual manera estarían preparados por una contingencia. Hablando de la economía, se estaría apenas recuperando. No es fácil tener un nuevo trabajo, no es fácil ganar todo lo que perdiste. Ahora platicando tantito de lo espiritual, personalmente creo que de alguna manera este encierro y la cercanía que el Papa Francisco ha tenido con todos nosotros ha ayudado a mucha gente a acercarse a Dios. Y creo que con esto habría muchísima más gente en las iglesias y habría una unión más fuerte. Hablando del crecimiento personal, personalmente a mí me ha ayudado este encierro a darme cuenta de muchas cosas. He reflexionado y también he cambiado hábitos. Entonces, en una manera, yo creo que la gente va a reflexionar más de sus actos y pensaría las cosas dos veces. Y por esto, viviría de una mejor manera. Ya que ya se dieron cuenta que no es fácil vivir la vida como realmente no nos la merecemos. Ahora le doy la palabra a Jimena. Ella nos hablará de temas muy polémicos. Como siempre, gracias por estar y escuchar. Cuídense, espero les haya gustado. Bonito día y bienvenida, Jimena. Hola y bienvenidos a mi parte del podcast. Gracias, Valerio, por introducirme. Ahora les voy a hablar sobre los efectos positivos y negativos del COVID-19. Muchas personas piensan que esta pandemia es algo muy malo, que pues la verdad sí es, pero también puede ser bueno. Y sí, es muy probable que piensen ahorita, ¿cómo crees que esto me va a beneficiar de alguna manera? Bueno, lo digo porque sí hay un beneficio de esto. Se podrían preguntar cuáles serían algunas de las cosas positivas de las que esta pandemia podría tener. Bueno, me da alegría que se hagan esta pregunta, porque yo se las podría contestar. No completamente, pero parte de la pregunta. Primero vamos con las cosas negativas. Algo que es negativo de esta situación son las muertes. Desafortunadamente tuvieron muchas, muchas muertes en todo el mundo. Otra cosa también es que la economía va cayendo cada vez. Bueno, ahora que se les quite el enojón, les voy a decir lo positivo. Algunas cosas que podría pasar, bueno, que son muy positivas de esta situación, son los hábitos. Los hábitos durante esta pandemia es que ahora todos tienen que mantenerse limpio y esto es algo muy bueno para uno mismo, la higiene personal. En educación, el efecto es que ahora las escuelas van a tener que hacer un plan en donde los alumnos aprendan más. En otras palabras, cambiarían el sistema. 
Bueno, mi tiempo se acabó y espero que les haya gustado el podcast y que hayan sacado algunas cosas positivas de esta pandemia. Ahora es tu turno de seguir contestando la pregunta. Que tengan un buen día y hasta luego. Hola, muy buenos días a todos. Soy Isabela Serrano y quisiera introducirles a este increíble podcast sobre cómo contestar un formulario relacionado con esta situación del COVID-19. Durante este tiempo de pandemia ha habido muchas personas afectadas enfermas. Lo que ellos necesitan es ir al hospital con un especialista doctor. A los pacientes posiblemente contagiados serán cuestionados sobre su información personal, sus alergias, su seguro médico, etc. Lo que los pacientes necesitan, que es muy importante, es su acta de nacimiento y pasaporte, ya que así aprobamos su identidad. Lo que nosotras estamos haciendo hoy es ayudar a la gente haciendo un formulario para que así los doctores sepan de lo que padecen. Es muy importante, ya que si la información sobre el cuestionario y sus síntomas son parecidos a los del COVID-19, es necesario hacerse la prueba. Mis compañeras el día de hoy les explicarán cómo saber llenar este formulario. Seguimos con Jimena, quien les explicará y dará más información sobre la información de paciente y de alergia. Muchísimas gracias, Jimena, por tu explicación. Buenos días a todos. Soy Valeria y el día de hoy les voy a explicar cómo contestar la segunda y tercera parte del formulario. Ambas están en la página número 2 de tu formulario. El historial médico te pide que marques las condiciones médicas que tienes o has experimentado. Es muy simple. Vas a circular, tachar o rellenar las condiciones médicas por las que has pasado o tienes. Por ejemplo... Si tú has experimentado o tienes hipertensión, tacha ese cuadrito o circúlalo. Y así vas a seguir con las 24 condiciones. Sé que puede ser tedioso, pero es sumamente importante que lo hagas con la verdad. La siguiente sección es el historial del paciente. Esta parte es muy sencilla. En esta parte vas a circular y o escribir dependiendo de tus respuestas. Por ejemplo, en el primero. Si tú eres estudiante, vas a circular sí pero si no lo eres, circulas que no. La siguiente cancilla es consecutiva. Si tú respondiste que no eres estudiante, te pido que digas cuál es tu profesión, en qué trabajas. Si es que trabajas, la siguiente casilla te pide que circules si trabajas de tiempo completo o no. Esta sección es un poco más personal y varias casillas son consecutivas. Es por eso que es sumamente importante leer con atención y contestar con la verdad. Espero te haya ayudado a responder mejor el formulario. Cualquier duda, comentario o sugerencia, no dudes en llamar al 81-292-223-83 y te contestarán tus dudas. O visita nuestra página web www.covid-formularios.com.mx para consultar resultados o dudas. Espero te haya servido y gustado esta sección. Ahora le doy la bienvenida a Marijo. Ella te explicará la última parte del formulario. Muchas gracias por su atención. Cuídate, quédate en casa y que tengas un bonito día. Bienvenida, Marijo. Muchas gracias por tu explicación, Valeria. Buenos días, me llamo Marijo y les ayudaré a saber cómo contestar correctamente el apartado de prueba para el COVID. La segunda parte nos ayudará a ver si usted es un posible padecedor de este virus. Hemos incluido los síntomas más comunes de los que padecen esta enfermedad y las posibles circunstancias que convierten a las personas a más vulnerables. 
Esta es la parte que usted debe de contestar con más cuidado, ya que si usted tiene altas probabilidades de tener el COVID-19, se tendrá que decidir qué hacer para proceder. Responder a esta parte es muy sencillo, ya que la mayoría de las preguntas no son abiertas. Pero, por favor, trate de abstenerse a elegir la opción de no sé múltiples veces. Al final, si le es posible, recheque todas sus respuestas para asegurarse de no haber dejado espacios en blanco o respuestas incorrectas. Y puede firmar hasta el final del documento, donde indica que usted solo nos ha proporcionado información verídica. Muchas gracias por contestar esta encuesta. Muchísimas gracias por estar y escuchar. Tristemente, nuestro tiempo en este episodio ha concluido. Esperemos de todo corazón les haya gustado mucho y hayan aprendido muchísimas cosas. No se olviden de darle like, compartir y suscribirse. Gracias por escuchar al podcast de la cuarentena y nos vemos en el siguiente episodio.